Hey guys, welcome back to the Grant Mint Podcast, episode number 12. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing why you get in life what you tolerate and why this is so important and how to ultimately raise those standards and change you know, what you think is actually acceptable in your life and your friends and, and ultimately the way people treat you um, so you can get to another level in life. So if you think about this, right, in life, you get what you tolerate. And the reason why is because every day, you know, we have a set of decisions and a, and a set of experiences and people and experiences and opportunities that cross our path every single day. And ultimately, you as a person have the opportunity to make decisions on where you want to go, what type of life you're acceptable and okay with living with, the way that people treat you, and ultimately just what is okay to you every single day, right? And you have these options. And think about wherever you're at in life currently, you know, how much money is in your bank account, how much money you make per year. Are you moving up in your career? Are you moving down? How are your relationships? What are your friendships like? How do people treat you even when you're at a restaurant with a group of friends? What do they treat you like? How's the service? You know, where do you stay when you go on vacation? What type of hotels? What type of car? All these things are different things that affect our quality of life. And they're extremely important. And while many of us may think, oh, I don't need this. I don't need that. That's absolutely fine. And that's not what I'm here to do is convince you that you should want more. But what I'm going to paint a picture for you is why what you tolerate, how much it actually does affect your life and how to, you know, effectively change it to ultimately, hopefully improve the quality of your life. So when you're in your career and when you're in your relationships and your friendships, you ultimately get at the end of the day two things. One, a person will always figure out what they need to do to survive at any point in time. If that number is 5,000 a month, 10,000 a month, or 100,000 a month, they will always find a way to hit that number or do whatever it takes to survive. Then when it comes to communication, relationships, business partnerships, the way clients and other employees and and colleagues treat you, you will allow people to treat you and they will ultimately begin and continue to treat you a certain way based off what you think is acceptable and what you choose, and yes, I said choose, to let them treat you as, okay? For example, let's say you start working at a new company and you're in sales or you're in accounting or whatever, marketing, it doesn't matter. And of course, there's going to be nice people. There's going to be rude people. There, everyone, good and bad people are in every organization, right? In every city, every country, everything, right? But let's say right when you start, someone that you meet kind of makes a joke at you and it's slightly disrespectful. For example, they go, oh, okay, well, you obviously haven't been doing this a long time. And you let that slide because you're, you think, well, it's my first day. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to make anybody mad. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to take the high road. Okay. And then someone else does it and someone else does it. What happens is you have subtly tolerated 
disrespect and you've subtly tolerated people not giving you your full value. And even though it's just one small person in the accounting department or marketing or sales or whatever, the problem is, is every other person slowly hears them treat you that way and your value and stock as a person will continue to drop. Now, if you, for example, no matter if you're just starting out, no matter what your background or experience is, truly think, no, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to be excellent at it. I'm going to perform at an unbelievably high level and every person will respect me because of that. If you truly believe that, not lied to yourself, but really, really thought that, right? And that person said that little rude comment, you go, no, that's, that's, actually, that's actually completely wrong. I've actually been doing this for a long time. I've worked with X and X and X and X and I've had tremendous success. But what about you? You know, it sounds like you, you're an expert. How long have you been doing this? Not only are they going to respect you more, but you've just subconsciously taught every person that's around you, that's in that friend group or in that, you know, career or company, whatever, to demand, or excuse me, to give you the respect that you deserve. Okay. Now, this trickles into your finances. All right. People all think that they, you know, have to hit a certain number to survive, right? And that number is different for every single person, all right? But what I want to challenge you to do is realize that our brains, the human brain is meant to do one thing on a daily basis, and that's to survive. And because we're not fighting off a saber-toothed tiger anymore, and we're not out in the wild trying to hunt 24-7 to try to survive and make enough money, and, and or make enough money, excuse me, make enough food to be able to support you and your family or whatever the case may be, since we don't have those worries anymore, now our worry is, oh, do they like me? Oh my God, am I going to make rent this month? Oh my God, what if I lost my job? What if, what if I don't make enough money? What if, what if my kids can't? We think about all these things because your brain is in overdrive trying to figure out how to survive. And every single month, and, and the, the way I learned this is over the past about four years now, well, a little bit more, I've had the chance and opportunity to train hundreds and hundreds of sales reps that are actually on full commission. And they have the opportunity to make really, really good money, but it's so interesting to see what makes these people tick, what is the difference between a high-performing, high-revenue sales rep versus a low one, what about the guy that just is always broke no matter how much he makes, and there's just all these different classes of people from all different backgrounds, ethnicities, genders, religions, everything. But what I always notice about these sales reps is they always delivered, regardless of how many leads they got, uh, you know, regardless of what the market was doing, if it was low season, high season, if something was going on in their personal life. They always hit their numbers when they needed money to survive and they had no choice or they were right on the edge of getting let go from the company because they weren't hitting standards. And all of a sudden, all of those cute little things that they were worried about, like, oh, I just, people aren't answering. Oh man, it's just, I don't know. I think it's just slow season. All of those little small, tiny doubts out of nowhere would magically disappear and all of a sudden, everyone would answer. All of a sudden, all these appointments would be set. And all of a sudden, all of this success would happen and they would make money. And 
those ones that always struggled would then continue the same cycle. They then would take a deep breath and go, ah, I'm good. And they would go back to having issues. All of a sudden, leads wouldn't answer. Appointments with bad things would happen. They wouldn't close. Oh, this was a weird experience. That was a weird experience. And then they would need money again. And then they would ramp up again and do whatever they had to do to survive. Now, is this a skill set issue? No, of course not. Is it a lead issue or something wrong with the company? Of course not. But what is it? It's a standards issue. It's what they're actually allowing themselves to tolerate in their daily life every single day. Now, there's other reps that no matter how good they are, no matter what their experience was, they have such high demands for themselves, borderline unhealthy high. And that's another conversation. I know I've had issues with that, is, and many of you guys have, but they do not want to lose. If they get second place, they are not only pissed off, but they're not even, uh, they can't even talk to them normally for weeks because they just cannot handle failure. There's other reps that they have, you know, and this is, and I'm using this example for these sales reps because it, it can apply to any aspect of your life. But we would have other reps that maybe had just had a son or daughter and realized that when they were single, they, they were, if they were making seven, eight, nine, 10 K a month, they're living the, the good life. Life is amazing. But then all of a sudden they had a mortgage and they had insurance, bills, they now have a wife. Now they're having their first kid or second kid or third kid or whatever the case is, all of a sudden, like the people I was talking about earlier, all those excuses went out the window and they went, oh my God, I got to make it happen. If I do not make 15 grand, my kids can not only not live a good life, but I'm going to have to either move into a smaller apartment, something's going to happen. Like, ah, if I don't figure this out, I will not survive and be okay as a dad leading three or four people or as a mom helping provide for my family. And out of nowhere, they didn't have to read a book. They didn't have to say some cute motivational BS to try to inspire them. They all of a sudden double their sales numbers, double their, their success rate, double their income. No book, no motivation, not even a podcast that you're listening to right now was needed. Why? Because they had to do it. What they tolerated in what was a standard in their life because of outside sources like having a kid or you know health issues or family issues or getting married or whatever it is, since that was raised, that bar was raised, they had no other choice other than to raise their performance with it. And isn't it so interesting that there was no complaining about a lead, there was no complaining about the market, they had no time to do that. It wasn't even their train of thought. They had to perform and they had to win, therefore they did. Because their standards and what they tolerated was raised. So we have to look at our own lives and go, what, what is happening right now? You know what I mean? What am I actually okay with? And many of us, if I would assume pretty much everybody, if, if, you, if you woke up this morning, then I'd assume you are, is everybody is doing what they have to do 
to survive, whether that's utilizing resources from family, whether that's they're in school and they're making enough part-time, plus maybe their parents, whether it's they are struggling, but they're getting by and they're sleeping on someone's couch, or whether they're making a hundred grand a year and eh, things are fine. They can't complain. You know, they, they live a pretty good life. Um, you know, they travel some or whatever, whatever that is. I guarantee everybody is doing, and I may be wrong, but doing what they have to do. But ask yourself this question. Are you truly okay with it? Like, are you truly okay with it? Like, do you really actually want more? Or is it just something that can kind of benefit you? No, that'd be cool, but I'm fine. Well, if you think that you're fine, either this is the wrong episode or maybe this is just the wrong podcast for you. Because realize this, okay? It is so important to expose yourself to new levels and new higher qualities of life, better people, better experiences. Because what it does is it kind of, it changes your taste and it makes you realize things you thought were good and things you thought you were okay with, you realize kind of suck. You know, it's like everyone has some ex girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, or maybe an old friend that you thought was just the most important thing of your life and you can never not be friends with them or you can never not be in love with them or whatever. And then, you know, you break up, whatever happens, three, four, five years goes down the line. You go, what in the hell was I thinking? That person was sucked. What was it? Was I on drugs or something? Like what is going on? And it's because what you tolerated and what your standards were changed. And we have to look at that. And there's a couple different hacks to do this. And I'm going to show you how I did it. I'm going to tell you a quick story here in just a second. But we need to think on another level, right? Now, the way I did this um, was pretty interesting, all right? Um, I always had big goals. Um, I've always had big things that I wanted to do. But I wasn't always extremely successful. And I know I'm younger, but it was true. You know, I wasn't always as successful as I could have been in maybe sports and at the beginning of my career in business and in sales. And real quick, kind of what happened is when, you know, I came back for for you guys, for some of you that don't know, I was playing college football in in Brooklyn, New York. And I had to move back to Texas because finances was an issue. Like I was super broke. Um, And I was, I transferred to university of Houston. Long story short, they accepted like none of my credit. So I was going to have to be a freshman again. That's, that's for another story. I think I've told it before, but anyways, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sleep on my mom's couch. I got into sales. All right. And I was motivated, right? I was motivated. I was working. I'd get home at 10 o'clock at night. I was always handling business. Work ethic was not an issue. And I did well because I was talented and I was focused and I was calculated. Yes. Okay. But what was interesting was this. I was one of always one of the top five, 10 reps, whatever it was. And I was closing anywhere between like four to six, seven deals a month. And my closing percentage was about 35 to 45%, which was good. Like I was doing good. I just want to be clear. Like there was no issue there. Like I was making good money and I was hungry and motivated to do well. Okay. But I wasn't on the sales side. 
Okay, I always thought I was a better leader than salesperson, but regardless, I could have done better. You know what I mean? I wasn't the number one sales rep. I wasn't closing at some crazy number. I wasn't ever the number one rep at that point for really like about a year. Um, and what happened was this. I was reading every day. I was studying stuff every day. I was implementing things every day. But for some reason, I just couldn't get to that elite level on the sales side until something happened. What happened was this. The company that I worked for, this is before Mick Group, okay? It was a good, well-ran sales side, kind of, but it was a disaster of an operation side. Installs were messed up. You know, paychecks are messed up. I mean, just rough ran company, right? And I had these sales reps and I had the number one market. And the company traditionally had really, really high turnover because of all the back end issues, headaches, right? It's one of the reasons why I started my own company. And I pretty much lost, this is, I was 22, 23 years old, lost my entire sales team. And it, it, it happened over about a two and a half, three period. And they basically were like, look, Grant, you changed my life. You're amazing. Best manager I've had, but I can't work at this company. If you go anywhere, I'll come with you, but I cannot work here anymore. And from being a first-time manager, having the top market, life is good, to just going, oh my God, I just lost my entire team and I have to start from scratch now. It was one of the scariest moments of my business career because I had just started making you know, 10 grand a month I was super young and I was finally about to get my own apartment, move out of my mom's house because I've been sleeping on a damn couch for a year and I'm freaking out. And the CEO at the time was just, he was a, he was a rough one to work with, cool guy, but very like micromanaging, very on my back, always nervous and worried about this and worried about that. And he kind of had to at some point because cash flow of the company I think wasn't good, but I was freaking out. At this point, it was January of that following year, and I was moving into an apartment downtown, which I was really excited about because you know I hit a goal to get there, and, and, and I made good money that year. But what's so interesting is because all those reps were gone, I had to find a way to make up the revenue to cover them while rebuilding an entire new team, okay? So I had to more than like triple my performance. And do numbers that are not even like conceivable in the mind. And I kid you guys not. In January, February, and March, I had three people tell me no that I pitched at all. That was it. Just three. January, I was like nine for nine. Then uh, February, I think I had one person tell me no. In March, I had two people tell me no. That was it. So I had over, I think, almost a 90% closing percentage. So high, not only was I the number one rep all these months and throughout that year, but it was so high that they've never even seen numbers like that before that the company secretly, I found this out, had to call and confirm that I was really actually closing these people and I wasn't just faking something. That's how good I, I performed. And I wish... I mean, guys, it would have made my life so much easier. I wish that I was just that talented and that good. And I just, or I wish I could tell y'all I like met this amazing mentor and he told me this secret sauce that changed. No. Guys, I didn't have time to read a book. 
in, in that month that this was happening. I was freaking out. Couldn't sleep. I was stressed. I was nervous. I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. And it, you know, it was depressing because I just came off this like, success as a young, young guy and my team and everything's great. Oh man, this is going to happen. Boom. Everything demolishes, crash and burns. But why did I go out and make it happen and perform at such a high level? It wasn't some motivation. It wasn't some secret sauce. It was because what I tolerated and what my expectations were, were increased. Not because I was motivated, but because I had no other choice. But thank God that that happened to me because I would be a tenth of the business person, manager of people, and leader that I am today if I didn't learn how to grow through that difficulty and learn a hack that would change my entire life forever. So what I figured out was this, and this, and I'll finish off with this and then we'll, we'll break on this, this podcast. I noticed that people and ultimately, you know, myself in that story that I just said, always performed when they had to because the brain was in overdrive. The brain was trying to survive. So all this creativity came out, all this action, all this success, and there was no book needed, right? No inspiration needed. So instead, I thought, hmm, and this is morbid. This is a little messed up, all right? And maybe this makes me crazy. Maybe I am. But think about this for just a split second, okay? Let's say, for whatever reason, I'm just going to give an example. Let's say you make, let's say a person on here makes, because people make all different type of income, listen. But let's just say you made $80,000. And let's say somebody with the mob, okay, let's just create a story here. Somebody with the mob came to you. Okay, at gunpoint, three, four, five guys. And they said, hey, if you do not make a million dollars this year that you have to pay us, if you do not make a million dollars this year, not only will I assassinate you, I'll assassinate your entire family. We're going to watch your every single waking move for the next year and you have to pay us or you and your family are done. Imagine if someone told you that. Would you do something different tomorrow than you would if you didn't have that? Of course. Would you work a little bit harder? Of course. Would you talk to every single person that walks across the street that looks successful to connect and network with them? Of course. Do you think that your your creativity, your focus, your skill set would change? Yes. Of course it would. Why? Because it has to. So what I did is I essentially hacked my brain to change what I think is survivable, not even a goal. So what I did is I changed my goals into minimum like embarrassing standards, right? So if your goal was to make $500,000. Instead, turn that 500000 into something that is like, dude, if I don't make 500000 tell this to yourself. I'm not even, I don't know what's going to happen. Super stressful. Like, I'm not even going to be able to pay bills. Like, I, I, I just, I got to make it happen. I got to make it happen. Like, if I don't make 500000 it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I got to do something. And almost paranoid yourself, but... 
you have to protect your your mindset too with this. All right, this isn't this may not be sustainable forever, but you every day wake up and go, oh my god, I got to make five hundred thousand. I got to make five hundred thousand. This isn't good. If I don't make five hundred thousand, this isn't good. And then take action after action after action. And I want you to watch. It only takes a couple days. How creative your your mind gets and the different actions that you take because you have tricked your brain into thinking, I have to do it or I won't survive. Then, just so I can say this because I don't want anybody to get crazy anxiety, at a certain time each day, I want you to have a, a psychological like withdrawal like where you unplug completely and you're not allowed to think about work or what that, that target or that goal. So then you can still have a good quality of life. But what you do is you essentially force your mind and force yourself to think on a whole nother wavelength. Not because it would be cute. and Wow, man, if I could go to take my family to Hawaii, there'd be none of that bullshit. But because you are a high performer and you're going to find a way to make it happen at the highest level, like you, your family, or any single person has seen before, because you tolerate things at a different level and your standards and expectations are now at another level. So appreciate it, guys. Thank you again for listening to episode 12. I really appreciate all the support. Since then, um, since we started this journey with this podcast, it's taken off. Um, we've had top 50 rankings for the United States in, in entrepreneurship. We've been um, ranked number one in the Cayman Islands, which is pretty funny. Um, all these different great places all over Europe, um, top 25 Switzerland, um, top 15 Greece and Spain, um, top 30 uh, France. So just unbelievably amazing support nationwide, even support from Africa, from Australia, from Asia, from South America, from the Caribbean, from North America, Canada. So I just really, really, really appreciate you guys. Like I always say, you know, this is all about helping as many people as possible and just really giving back um, as much as I can, you know. And so I, I just appreciate all the support. If you can, um, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review. Um, just it, it helps grow the podcast and helps you know continue to uh, help more and more people. So I appreciate it. Hope you guys have an amazing week, and I will see you uh, back next time for episode thirteen. Thanks, guys.